we started about 18, 19 months ago and we, long story short, walked into Misguided's office after two weeks of launching and won them on the spot. We create all this hype and people want to get here and then when they do get here, they, they want to be here. They actually really enjoy working for Rise at Seven and it's a rewarding experience for them. It was just us two at the beginning to 60 staff across Sheffield, London and now the US. We're planning basically for next year and north of 5 million turnover is certainly um, where we think it's conservative. Let's say six, six and a half million is where we're really aiming for. We are constantly looking forward. We're constantly moving forward. We're, we're never settled with that's good enough. We constantly come up with something bigger and better every time. Hey there, I'm James Marriott and welcome to the Unlimited podcast, connecting business across the Sheffield city region. Every month we bring you exclusive interviews and get under the surface of the stories you read about in the magazine. Um, Unlimited editor Richard Fiddler is with me. How are you doing, Rich? Very good, thank you, James. How are you? Yeah, good. Episode two, and this one is a cracker. So we are going to be hearing the story of Rise at Seven, which is an SEO creative agency based in um, Sheffield, which a couple of years ago we'd never heard of and uh, has had an absolutely kind of meteoric kind of rise to success and to fame and Carrie and and Stephen who are the co-founders quite different people but just incredibly passionate and it's a remarkable story isn't it Richard it is and I think what strikes me and I mean this in the most serious and, and biggest compliment is it's so unsheffield it's there's two people there that are massive promoters of what they do and and the businesses that they work with and it makes me think of the all the times that I've chatted to people about the city and they've always said what we don't do very well in Sheffield is shout about ourselves we never tell people how good we are we never sort of tell people about the talent we've got and I sometimes think that having worked in the media <laughs> all my life whether or not that's that's a kind of almost like a I've, I've sort of failed a little bit here um, but what they've done is, is come in and they are and again, I mean, this is a massive compliment. They're sort of almost like shameless about their success. And I think it's so refreshing uh, and brilliant to hear that they've um, clearly had a very good schooling in, in the businesses that they've worked with before. And they've taken that and uh, looked at Sheffield, looked at the um, the skills coming out of the universities, looked at the sort of the, the competition in their area and realised, look, this is, this is the best place. This is a really, really good place. And we're going to uh, move into it. And we're going to shout about the fact that that, that we're based in Sheffield, and um, it, it's a it's a really really good story, and uh, the, the two very very sort of likable people as well, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll kind of hear about the success that they've had over the course of the last yeah year or so um, through you know some pretty difficult circumstances, but also kind of how they approach things like recruitment, building a team, and their plans for the uh, for the future. Um, later on, Dan Lever, the uh, head of sales for Unlimited, is going to be here. We're also here from Unlimited's feature writer Jill Theobald as well. The Unlimited podcast is hosted by Captivate.fm, the easiest way to create and distribute your podcast. 
And if you'd like to find out more about how to create a podcast for your business, drop me a line, james at unlimitedbusiness.com. Rich, thank you very much for joining us. But now let's meet the duo who created Rise at Seven. Hi, I'm Stephen Kenwright, co-founder and chief operating officer at Rise at Seven. I'm Carrie Rose, CEO and co-founder of Rise at Seven. Guys, it's brilliant to have you with us. Thank you very much for joining us on the Unlimited podcast. Carrie, if I could ask you first, let's imagine there's someone that's been living under a rock for the last 20 months and they've never heard of Rise at Seven. It, it's a shocking thought, but maybe that person hmm. exists. So um, yeah, for, for their benefit, who the heck are Rise at Seven? <laughs> Rise at Seven are a search-first creative agency. Uh, we we started about 18, 19 months ago, um, and we, long story short, walked into Misguided's office after two weeks of launching and won them on the spot. We then grew at a rapid rate from just myself and Stephen Kenwright, there was just us two at the beginning, to 60 staff across Sheffield, London, and now the US. Um, so an agency that I guess has definitely grown rapidly in the last year and a half, which has faced you know Brexit, COVID, etc. But the reason behind that is the way that we've really tied creative with search for the first time. So yeah, we're an agency that works with global brands really, or brands that want to be for that. Now, what what really kind of stands out to me in in, in what you said there is uh, Sheffield, London, and now the the US. Sheffield kind yeah. of jumps out as not not quite fitting traditionally <laughs> alongside those two. So what 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 was it that 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 drove you to that decision to actually start this in Sheffield? We actually did uh, quite a bit of I, I won't call it research because we kind of knew the facts before we started, but. We're both from Leeds agency backgrounds and I've worked in Nottingham too. And, you know, I graduated from university here at Hallam and, you know, career in advertising straight to Manchester because there was nothing here. And then straight over to Leeds because there was still nothing in Sheffield and then down to Nottingham because there was nothing in Sheffield. So it, it felt to me like, well, here is an enormous city with two really good universities churning out graduates in you know journalism and computer science that are really high standard and if i'm a person that has to go and find a job somewhere else then surely the 20,000 students a year that live in sheffield also have to go somewhere else to find a job and you know there's there's a few agencies here but nowhere near the same sort of competitiveness that you get in Leeds, for example, there's really only J-Wing of any real large scale. So it felt to us like we could set up shop here pretty easily and, you know, take a punt that a lot of people who are very talented and want to be in Sheffield and live here would actually jump at the chance to work here as well. And, you know, it seems like we've been right. Yeah, for sure. When um, when we started this, we always knew that the, the hardest thing for any startup is getting good staff. And like, like Ken Wright said, if, if there's two agencies where people just haven't got anywhere to go and work that they really want to work at, well, why not create it? Um, so yeah, we, we've created an, a space basically in Sheffield that people can't wait to graduate and work straight at. And not only that, it meant that we just had no competition. We didn't, nobody could do what we did and to the scale of what we did. So Sheffield was the best opportunity for that for sure. But also like the transport, etc. like transport links from Sheffield to London, really, really easy. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity. And one thing that we definitely have realized as an agency is 
none of our clients have ever been close to where we live like we work with people right now in Chicago we work with brands that are in London in Manchester Newcastle it didn't matter where you were so as what we had to focus on is staff so yeah Sheffield was the best option for that Stephen, we, we've done this before, so we uh, got together. Hmm. It's actually a year tomorrow to the day that we got together to record uh, a podcast about. That was looking over kind of like the first eight months or so. I actually had a sneaky listen back to it this morning, and at the time you were kind of talking about um, being up to a team of 20 people and looking like turnover of a million pounds in the first year. Now, looking back, I mean, that feels like child's play in comparison to where you're at now. Um, talk me through what's happened over the last year, because, you know, there's there's been a fairly significant kind of world event in that time as well. And and yet the, the success at Rise at Seven is kind of off the scale. Yeah. Well, like you said, a year to the day when COVID was a thing that maybe maybe you've heard of but really wasn't affecting people's lives in any meaningful sort of way so we were full of optimism and and we, we had a bunch of staff you know waiting waiting to join basically people serving notice elsewhere and, and waiting for those to come through uh just just one massive accounts like go compare so you know like you said optimistic um, about the future definitely and then as soon as this world event did happen we had a choice to make which was either batten down the hatches protect what we've got and you know like let's stop taking some risks while we see where this goes or we could go full steam ahead and you know all the people that were waiting to join us we said yeah of course you've still got a job you know come come on in um we we onboarded our first member of of staff remotely at the end of at the end of march last year who's sophie uh came into our technical seo team and then since then we've got pretty good at onboarding staff remotely and we've got pretty good at winning clients remotely as well so that that on course to deliver a million pounds of revenue turned into 1.5 in the first year and then we said we're going to grow more than 100 percent year on year to to about 3.5 which we've beaten already as well this year so um yeah we, we, remaining optimistic is probably the best way to be at the moment we I saw think. a massive shift in um i guess what brands was needing at the time so budgets um was cut in the kind of offline space and then pushed straight into online and that's where we benefited so march was the first moment that we won kath kidson kath kidson had to shut I think 70 of their stores in the high street put all of their marketing budget straight into digital, hired Rise at 7 to go full steam ahead. So we were we worked with brands that was looking for that quick fast move into digital and because of everything that happened and we've benefited from that. So yeah, we went from I think we said was at, yeah, around 20 staff this time last year and now we're at 60. So we've hired half, like most of the company during lockdown. I haven't met half of the staff and it's been hard, but the fact that we've not only survived but thrived and grown to yeah revenues of like near four million like that's insane so it, it definitely shows that we're doing something right but also the industry has moved with us uh yeah i mean revenues of four million as you say that that does feel insane so i've got to ask you Carrie, yeah. like what so what is the secret what are you guys doing <laughs> that the others just aren't this is an interesting question because we had this 
debate yesterday and it's like I, I want to be able to write it down I, I would love to write it down step by step so I could just pass it to the next employee and just go follow that you know and it's hard to kind of write it down because it's a mixture of everything and what what I guess Rise at Seven does is we are constantly looking forward we're constantly moving forward we're, we're never settled with that's good enough we constantly come up with something bigger and better every time we're a lot braver as an agency than everybody else so when COVID hit like you said we could have just put down the hatches and you know covered and protected ourselves we didn't we kept going we kept promoting ourselves we kept showing our creativity and awesome work we took risks we spent a lot of money as well internally to keep growing and it worked so I think we are brave as people myself and Ken Wright definitely are risk takers and it's meant that we've had to hire some staff internally to you know that are less less risk takers I guess that's pulled us back a little bit um but yeah the the source is a mixture of a lot of things but mostly it's the people it's the level of confidence and the leadership that myself and Ken Wright give that pushes the business and everybody in it forward every day every day Stephen, you said in, in, in our chat a year ago that um, a lot of the success of that first eight months, you think, was just kind of luck, but not just in a, hey, look what's happened here, but but just kind of, you know, right place, right time and, and things falling into place. What 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 would you say reflecting on the last 12 months in, in terms of, you know, why everything has gone so well for you? Uh, I think it's still luck, but I think you kind of make your own luck. So we were lucky in the sense of the situation that the world found itself in. We were lucky in the sense that we found ourselves in the situation that we did as well. So that right place, right time, but having a plan that matches the right place and the right time, it's not just kind of turning up and uh, and hoping things go well for yourself. So I, I would say what Carrie's talked about already, which is accelerating trends. So more things going online and apart from the kind of COVID situation, the whole war on privacy that happens, that's been happening for a couple of years now and really is escalating where, you know, you have GDPR and PECR and all that kind of thing. But then you've also got uh, Apple and Mozilla and all these massive tech companies making it difficult to track people compared to how it used to be. Massive fines if you do it wrong, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly the price of entry of, you know, what is effectively performance marketing goes through the roof. So it's not as simple as you can really eke out the most from your budget because you're paying pennies to target the exact right person anymore. It's suddenly a case of, well, we've spent 10 years doing that and all of a sudden we don't have a brand anymore so as soon as we have to broadcast something everyone goes who are you and what we've really benefited from is we came to market with the message of you can make crafts go up and you can get performance and you can get a big return on investment however you can also build for the long term at the same time and the kind of creativity that we do is not just you know, get a brand noticed, but make it famous. And that's that's definitely just what the market needs at this exact moment. Question for, for prob- probably for both of you then. And, and I don't know how much kind of time you do get to just stop and reflect and, and look back because you, you, you both come across as people that are all about looking forward. But is, is, is there a moment for you that stands out where you look back and just think, Wow, like the moment that that it all changed and you realized, you know, just just how well this was going or just something that really kind of stands out. I have a few moments and I think every single one of them have been we've had a lot of wow moments. 
So I remember the first ever moment was probably winning misguided. That that happened, I think, yeah, week three or something in of the, you know, getting to going to pitch to misguided as a new agency. That's never, ever happened or I've never seen it before. Um, and the fact that we got that opportunities, we set ourselves that opportunities and then we won it, was, it just blew my mind. I've, I've always wanted to work in fashion and especially for, a, a, you know, a brand like that that's so well known. But then the second big wow moment was when we won Park Dean Resorts. Park Dean Resorts is our biggest client in terms of financial um, and also you know massive massive brand over in here in the UK and the reason that it was such a big win for us is because we came up with not only our old agency that we used to work at we we came up against the biggest agencies in the country and we won it and there was only how many people of us then about six of us came out or seven or something yeah seven, I think, so a small yeah. small team but we won that and we we've literally done some probably the best work I've ever done in my career for that brand now in the last year. We've won awards for it. Um, but that was a big wow moment. I think going up against global big agencies and winning it against all them, that was a big change for me. But I guess the most recent kind of wow moment for us is we all of a sudden have started to break out of what we originally started in an SEO, so search. We have briefs for creative. We have, you know big global brands not speaking to us every single day that blows my mind every day James it's absolutely crazy and now we're expect we have about 15 clients over in the US that we now work with word of mouth is getting out about us that is that I was like I'm like how it, I think it's crazy I, I still wake up like just blown mind blown really um so yeah I think this is we're going through a bit of that at the minute where people in America know who we are. We're getting invited to talks, like big global brands are wanting to work with us. We've just got a partnership with TikTok. Like it's all start, we got a lot of momentum behind us. So I feel like we're going through a bit of that right now. I, I would definitely agree with all of those wow moments. And I will add, we recently did, we entered the the great place to work um, survey thing that, that a lot of kind of corporates do really. And uh, Thierry, who's who's our, our data manager, has kind of really spearheaded the culture internally. And he basically made that happen. And, you know, to be certified, you need to get basically 65% positive feedback from your staff. Um, the average in the UK is about 55. And it's usually a corporate exercise to try and work out where you could do something better and where you can improve. But we got 95% positive feedback from the, the team here. And it, it shows me that not only are we doing something that's meaningful in the marketplace, but actually, you know, we, we create all this hype and people want to get here. And then when they do get here, they, they want to be here. They actually really enjoy working for Rise at 7 and it's a rewarding experience for them. And almost unanimously, the whole business would absolutely recommend to anyone who would ask, come and work for Rise at 7 as well. And just having that survey result back and that number, when you've got that that feeling beforehand where it's like, I hope that everyone feels the same way about this place that we do. And then knowing that the answer is yes, that was huge yeah, for me. I agree.
I was going to ask about um, about staff and also about recruitment. So you know, I saw this week Sally, who who started with you, so another new member of the team, and and you know, you always seem to be having new positions that are coming up all the time, and and, and that team always seems to be um, in, increasing and, and and getting bigger. But also, kind of your recruitment processes seem quite quite quirky. Like the lengths that people mm-hmm. go to to get kind of noticed seems to be pretty nuts, to to, to be honest. So I kind of wanted to ask a little bit about about uh, that but but also just about your approach generally to you know your team and stuff like that because you know you do kind of following what you guys do on social media there's, there's a real feeling there of, of of a team that's just really happy and and driven and just love what they what they do and I'm fascinated about kind of you know how you create that and kind of keep that culture going yeah for sure one thing that's interesting is yeah the whole kind of the amount of create creative applications that we receive is is is, is mad. Like it, it's never something that we said you have to do this, um, and it just happened. Um, and I think what's interesting is so we because of the culture that we've built and the agency and the fast paced growth, people want to join. People want to join this ship, and it means that we got about two hundred applications a week. Um, a, a key time where. It, my inbox was bombarded like I was it was really it was really hard for me to handle when it came out and I had to get someone to manage it and I said I can't reply to them all and I don't, I don't want to feel bad and ignoring them so I kind of announced on my socials like I do we do get you know hundreds of applications of people that want to work here and I think that's what when what people saw that and thought I need to catch their attention in a different way so people started to send kind of there was a, a rise at seven branded sneaker there was games and all this sort of stuff people have sent all sorts of the office to basically catch attention and for me they are the ones that are usually join our PR team so our PR team ultimately what their job is is to get brands noticed so if they can prove that they can get noticed in the big in the in the beginning then they're usually a good candidate a candidate however you know it's not a, a way to get into rise at seven 100 we haven't hired everybody that's done a creative cv um we have hired you know good talent with years of experience that just applied via email you know usual stuff but i guess the way that we've set it up or the way that we've attracted that talent and also ensured that we got it here at rise we have three values in the company, which are sharp as attack, enthusiastic as hell, and experts in their field. And those values, I've never seen a business really stick to their values as much as we do. So much that if people come and apply for Rise at Seven and they don't take those values, they don't get a job. They have to take every single one of them. So if somebody isn't that enthusiastic, they don't get a job. And admittedly, James, we've hired people in the past or you know, got to an interview process and, and spoke to people who are amazing at their job, but they're not that enthusiastic or they're not that sharp, but they're still, you know, the best designer or the best whatever. And I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes not sticking to those values and I've learned such a massive lesson. And then now that we're really sticking to those values and making sure that they tick those boxes, we've got probably the best team. So it's important to us to hire the people that are what we are about. And yeah, one bad person can really kill a culture. And that's what we've ensured that doesn't happen. So I I truly believe by sticking to that, it's what's made it work. Stephen, this is this possibly the strangest question I've ever asked anyone, um, and, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping that we can keep this um, family friendly and, and clean. But can <laughs> I ask you about your finger? Uh, you can actually, yes. Yeah. So I have a Rise at Seven <laughs> tattoo on my middle finger, 
Um, and the reason for that was it's it's not all been plain sailing at Rise, <laughs> definitely. And um, we've come from a big PLC who have lots of lawyers. And although we stuck to all of the restrictions in our contracts and, you know, set up in Sheffield more than more than 20 miles away from our previous base and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we, we, we followed the letter of the law. Uh, we still did get a bunch of threatening messages from um, from the legal departments, and because it, it kind of got to a point where actually we were starting to get threats from people that we've hired that have nothing to do with this. Like they have clearly done nothing wrong. There's nothing in their contracts that says you can't come and join a different agency or whatever. Um, it just became yeah. bullying in a lot of senses. So I got the Rise at Seven tattoo on my middle finger and just just sent a photo um saying yeah i'm gonna i'm I'm not gonna say it we said we'd keep it family family friendly (laughs) but you know sending a message uh that just just leave us alone we we aren't we aren't engaging with this kind of conversation and and it it did get dropped because you know we'd done nothing wrong so it was it was a very testing time I think admittedly when we was when we just started up you know we had a lot of drive we was we was loving life and we've never done this before we was trying something new and for for such a big I guess scary kind of business to come and send those threatening letters it it scared me it's Ken Wright was less like he's seen it and done it and been there Um, but it scared me and I thought you know this is my life this is what what if they do like take us to court like what we couldn't afford that like what would we do and I think there was a there was a moment of realization and a moment of confidence of going no like let's keep going don't let anything stop you I guess Um, and it worked we ignored it and it went away and yeah I think the tattoo maybe it helped (laughs) (laughs) maybe made it worse who else I love it I love it um Carrie I want to talk to you a little bit about image so um you know I kind of when I think about you I think about um you know you wearing joggers and a baseball cap and 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 stuff like that (laughs) so you know was is is that you know kind of going to business meetings and 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 stuff like that was that a conscious decision or is that just you being you and do you kind of feel like maybe that's you forever now if you decide actually I you know I want to I want to start doing things differently do you feel that now you're you know kind of the baseball cap has has got to stay (laughs) yeah so interesting what I realise is the way that we won business is by being ourselves. I walked into Misguided completely myself. So one thing that I've, I haven't shared too much, but when we walked into Misguided's office, um, long story short, we only had myself, Ken Wright, and about, about two other staff. We actually got other people, so friends, to come into that pitch and pretend to be members of staff. So, um, and Misguided knew, we told them, we said, they don't work for us. But they could do. So if, if we win your account, we'll hire them. And we was we were so honest and so transparent and so ourselves that I, I I've definitely taken a learning of if you be yourself and show your enthusiasm and show your character and what makes you different, that's where you win and that's what makes you different. So I've encouraged every member of staff to do the exact same. Um, but yeah, it it becomes of. I think brands are now starting to be more human. You know, the source is one of them where we're really showing behind the scenes of an agency and the people, etc. And you can see Elon Musk all over Twitter and, you know, he's very comical of some of the things that he does. And 
CEOs and business owners and stuff like that, they're really showing a transparent approach to their personality and then it's helping their businesses move forward. And that's 100% what's helped myself and Ken Wright with Rise at Seven. Just being ourselves, showing what makes us different. Um, and I don't just fit the mold of a normal CEO, but I also don't even fit the mold of an SEO. Um, so yeah. Love it. I think like if you go back to the businesses that we come from and it's like, you know, clients are coming in, make sure you guys wear a shirt <laughs> and getting called out because your shoes aren't, aren't quite the right shoes when clients are around and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, obviously it's still, a, it's still an agency, so that's pretty lax in the business world overall anyway. But, you know, the, the moments it really hit home for me is when we were in that first Park Dean meeting after we'd been working for them for a month. And Ellie Ray, who was our, our, our hmm. patient zero, employee number one, um, in the middle of that meeting basically just says, guys, we've got links coming out of our arseholes. And that moment of being able to see no one really is standing on ceremony here. We're all friends, actually, even though we've only just met. We're all, you know, we've got that shared, just just teamwork, that kind of shared belief that we're all on the same page and that we're not just an agency here to, to kind of deliver a service for a client. That's when that really hit home. And that's when I think we decided, well, let's lean into this. Let's make this, let's make this a thing and just never call someone out because they're wearing their own shoes. What's um what's your relationship like with other agencies? Do you do you get on well with them? Yeah, we get on really well. I think we're we're fond of saying that we don't have competitors. So uh, whether they find that annoying <laughs> or whether that's endearing in a way, I don't know. But we we um we we don't think that we're really doing anything that other agencies are doing. So you know, I I talk to a bunch of other agency owners daily pretty much got a whatsapp group where we're pretty transparent about hey i'm thinking of getting some new project management software what should i talk about you know that kind of thing um i think this whole industry actually gets on very well um particularly the search industry but i mean actually even the when when we arrived in sheffield like the first thing that we did we went and, and met up with a bunch of agency owners from you know Ash from Evoluted and Matthew from Cuba and a bunch of other people around the city and just said, how, how is it here? Everyone was super willing to give us the time to do that. Everyone was very honest about what, what the city is like from a digital point of view. And we keep in touch, you know, and I think that's great. I love that collaboration that we get. We probably annoy some people, though. Yeah, I think... At the first beginning, I think the fact that we came in as an SEO agency that did things a bit different kind of rubbed people up the wrong way. But I think what we've really done is we've set a bit of a standard. We've we've shown what's possible for an agency. And I think at first they got pissed off by us and now they're thinking, actually, there's, there's the right in this. There's an opportunity and et cetera, et cetera. So maybe taking inspiration. But we also take inspiration from other agencies. We work in, we speak to like Brain Labs, we speak to Social Chain and general fish and we've all got like relationships and contacts in different agencies I guess that we look to for inspiration but there's even whatsapp groups where the other day we was all talking about mental health in agencies is it is struggling right now with lockdown etc and I think we work closely with agencies to support them and they support us um but yeah I, could, I definitely think at first people started to get pissed off about us but yeah it started to get better all right um Carrie you so you won pretty little thing a few weeks back um, yeah. And uh, at the time, you said that that was on the initial kind of dream list of clients that you drew up. Yeah. Who who else is still on that on that list? Who else are you still going after? Ooh, 
Dream list. Who we got, Kim, right? So we have Gymshark is one of them, um, Lego. We actually ask a lot of the staff um, now of what their dream clients are, and we add to that list. Um, I'm trying to think who else is on there. We've won quite a lot of them, which is interesting. Yeah. We had our initial dream clients list, and we've we pulled up some, like, Go Compare was on that list, and we've got a bunch of other brands that we've actually, I think we've won seven yeah. of our lists so far. But we have a we have a survey that we do at the beginning when everyone joins, and we ask them name your five dream brands, and we've got an aggregated list. So I think that the the agency's favourites are probably actually quite similar to ours. Um, brands like IKEA yeah. definitely would be up there, as well as Pornhub's definitely up there. Gymshark, Disney, Nike, Adidas. Um, yeah, Adidas as well. Yeah, all the there's brands that you would expect. Yeah. I guess one thing that is definitely on our list as well is we all, we often think okay, people want to work with these big global brands like Gymshark, Netflix, etc. But I would love to create the next. I'd love to be that agency that creates the next Gymshark or the next Netflix or whatever. That's my dream. So we do get a lot of ambitious startup brands um, or kind of like, I guess, grow, fast growing businesses that are in our e- inbox right now that want to be part of it as well. They, they love the fact that, you know, we're growing and we can, we can get, we're all going to the moon together, basically. So yeah, that's my, that's my mission to really work with a brand and turn them into the next Gymshark. Yeah, I think if you look at the types of brands that feel us, I mean, I remember telling Pretty Little Thing that they are our spirit animal. <laughs> and I think the other the other kind of brands that really fit that mold are Gymshark and maybe Lounge Underwear as, as yeah. three brands that actually do things the way that we do things and feel like they would be an incredible fit for us. All right, so let's let's imagine 12 months' time, our, our now annual podcast recording is taking place and we're looking back over the last... Uh, <laughs> the last 12 months where do you want things to be then from a financial point of view from a staffing point of view we've we've touched on some of the brands that you you want there what would be a great next 12 months for rise at seven we're planning basically for next year and north of five million turnover is certainly um where we think is conservative let's say six six and a half million is where we're really aiming for um well north of 100 staff i think we've got 130 uh, on the spreadsheet at that particular point uh we'll certainly be in at least two countries we'll have a fully functional chicago office or a miami office or an austin hmm. office they're the shortlist at the moment uh i know carrie wants somewhere sunny <laughs> uh, so we'll see um but We'll, we, we will definitely be on at least two continents and uh, yeah I think I think we, we have a, a pretty clear plan of, of, of attack on that as well yeah we've just um, this week kind of been more promotional and sharing our more creative and social offering we've been doing social campaigns for clients for the last eight months a lot of the work that we do has a social element to it and now we've got sally our ecd started this week and we're really kind of pushing that so the creative um side of the company is growing the tech seo side of the company is growing um and obviously the kind of creative campaign and digital pr and all that sort of stuff is is rapid as it always has been but yeah we've got some more kind of areas in the business that are really got some rockets behind that if that makes sense okay now Stephen, you you're up to something with one of the local universities in sheffield are you we've got something coming up with uh, with hallam uni in the next couple of months so uh, we're working with the marketing society there to do some briefs basically with the comm students and basically give them the opportunity to see what it's like to work at an agency like us this is this is 
bread and butter for us. We want to hire those graduates as soon as they are available. Um, and I think there's going to be a bunch of stuff around the city about what, we, what we're what we're doing there. So that's that's something that's particularly exciting. I think that's going to be a couple of months away. Um, but yeah, getting getting closer to the universities at the moment and um, doing some work for some of our clients um, with, with Hallam particularly is something that I'm excited about. Yeah, we're working real close with them, um, especially from the growth and the hiring side. We're also, so our office um, fits currently, is it 50 staff, can I? 40 in the office bit that we've got. Yeah, we're knocking through some walls, basically, James, and we're extending the office. It's going to have a mezzanine on, so we have a couple of floors. Um, we're basically building out a space where we could fit that 100 staff. Um, we have obviously st- about 12 staff in London right now, so she- Sheffield office is expanding and we will get an, a home for London too as soon as all this is over, COVID, etc. But yeah, we're really kind of investing back into this office space to make it a fun place to work. Admittedly, obviously, with lockdown and everything, we've changed our pers- perception, I guess, of the remote working angle of everything. Um, we don't think we'll ever be a fully remote business business that's not what we're about so as soon as the the world opens again we're going back to the office because we every single member of staff can't wait for that we've hired people that can't wait for it um and yeah we're, we're getting everything from playstation corners with big bean bags and you know slides and a bar and all that sort of stuff so it's going to be an amazing is turn it into kind of like an amazing we work but for rise at seven <laughs> love it well carrie Stephen, it's it's great to have you on it's a tremendous story and it, it's so amazing to kind of hear it in your own words and and you know i think for a lot of people it's 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 really inspiring to kind of see what you've created and the success that you've had um and here's to another cracking year for rise at seven thank you so much Cheers, james, james. Right, Dan is here. Dan Laver, Unlimited's head of sales. Uh, I think this is fast becoming my favourite part of the podcast. Dan, hello. Is it? It's, it's my favourite bit of the podcast, isn't it? As well, it's, it's maybe second favourite, or I'm mean, at very, at very least third favourite bit of the uh, of the podcast. Uh, right, plenty going on this month. Um, let's talk about um, the uh, the local chambers first. We've got plenty going on. Well, they have. They have. I mean, firstly, I'd like to announce that we're we're now doing some promotional discounts with the local chambers. So with both Sheffield and Barnsley and Rotherham Chambers now, um, any members can get a great discount in limited business advertising. So if anyone wants to sort of take advantage of that, that's a sort of shameless plug on my own platform there. So I think it's worth doing. But there's a lot of great news coming out of the local chambers as well at the moment. Barnsley and Rotherham Chamber recently put out their President Special Recognition Awards, which has seen a lot of local businesses um, get acknowledged locally. So it's obviously in light of the lack of a formal business awards being able to take place. Um, there's been a lot of thought around what the different chambers can do. Sheffield Chamber put a lot of work into their business heroes that they launched um, at the back end of last year. Barnsley and Rotherham have done the President Special Recognition Awards. So you, in, the, in the latest issue, you can hear um, their president, Joda Celeste Allen, talking about who she chose and why. But the Doncaster Chamber have um, launched their Doncaster Business Awards as a hybrid event this year, which is pretty exciting, to be fair, because I think it's the first black tie event that you're going to be able to wear slippers to. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should clarify that is their joke not mine that's on the official okay. invite so I'm, I'm literally just stealing that one um, but no it's taking place on the 12th of March and it's going to be really really exciting there's even a VIP section where you actually get a welcome drink and a la carte meal sent to you to finish at home um, and I think they've really put a lot of work into making it and creating the same excitement there's going to be sort of live voting on the night 
Um, your table will be like your chat room. So you'll be able uh, to speak in real time with the people around you, like a little networking event. But you can also mingle with the other people there, I understand. So they put a lot of work into using a lot of different technology to make that something special. So that's really exciting. You can read about that in the, um, in the February issue as well. It's out now. We've also been speaking to the guys at Sheffield as they've recently announced five new non-exec directors. Um, I'm not going to name them all because that's just a list. Um, but there is a lot of great people and some really influential people in the city that have now joined the chamber in Sheffield. And um, so that's definitely quite an exciting development, I think. It really sort of raises their stakes in terms of um, the visibility of Sheffield Chamber over the next few years. Last bit of great news that's coming out about that is they've also got the, um, the Sheffield Chamber Business and Enterprise Academy that they've done in t- um, teaming up with Sheffield College. That's now been taken national. So that's been a scheme where they've worked with the college themselves to help promote entrepreneurship with students which i think is just something that's kind of a little bit forgotten isn't it it's not it's not an area that i think people often remember to teach you i mean i don't know if you can teach it very true some great stuff that's going on there i i love these really creative kind of hybrid virtual events that that still feel like an occasion and i think it's it's fantastic that they're able to put stuff like that together because obviously as much as we wanted this year to be back to normal it's clearly not not going to be is it so um you know fair play to them for for kind of just getting on with uh, that and making something um happen last month you mentioned about this potential new section of the mag that's come in the property section what's the latest on that well, it's moved beyond potential and is now confirmed. So we can, we can sort of formally announce that the property development section of the magazine is live. So we kind of stealth launched it as a bit of a soft launch last month. Um, it's out there. It is in the magazine. But there'll be a lot of work going into that one for the April issue where we're really going to sort of formally announce it, launch who our columnists are going to be. We're going to have a rotating um, set of people contributing to that one over, over the course of the first six months at least. Got some really exciting companies in there covering a lot of different aspects of property. So we've got Auction House, South Yorkshire and Resonate Property Group. They're going to be sort of focusing on the purchasing and development side of the businesses. Uh, We work very closely with the guys down at Redbrick, who pretty uniquely, I don't know if you've seen it, they've recently um, announced that they're moving into, um, they're launching their own deli down at Ecclesall Road, uh, the old um, Bistro Pierre. So as we work so closely with them, I'm really looking forward to nipping down there and tasting everything that they've got on offer. That's going to be exciting. That's just around the corner from where I live, so that's perfect. So you're laughing. Pop in there, I'll uh, I'll call in a favour, mate. (laughs) <laughs> but we've also got a lot of people that we've worked with in the past. So we've got Austin Fletcher, who are going to be talking about some of the commercial side. Uh, we've been speaking to the guys down at Prodec, who do some amazing sort of technological solutions to warehousing and storage. Um, and then we've got sort of internal development as well. So just things like fit outs, um, solutions for homework and things like that. So we were talking to the DL company. We're talking to uh, Barna Town Planning. Adam Marshall down there has featured the magazine a few times before. But we're really sort of looking to focus on this and make this a really exciting, interesting section. I think the property market is still incredibly buoyant and it's a section that we want to talk about a lot more. So that's why we put this one together. And I'm really pleased that after a lot of work and trying to put this one together, we're finally able to launch it and get it out there because there's some good stuff uh, coming up, not least on the next podcast. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Dan. Um, I will let you get back to uh, gorging on your biscuit collection um, and uh, we'll see you back here next month. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Good to catch up. Time 
Time to catch up with Unlimited's feature writer, Jill Theobald. Jill gets all the fun jobs, talking to the, the movers and shakers across the Sheffield City region. So, uh, yeah, what's going on? Who's in the magazine this month? It's been a fantastic month um, in terms of the cover story because we are chatting to um, Sheffield College. They actually set up a, a national first um, a couple of years back, working with Sheffield Chamber of Commerce to set up the first business and enterprise academy in the country, um, which is now really seeing Sheffield uh, lead the way. So my cover story interview is with Rachel Topless. She is the head of employer academy partnerships and work related activity at the college. And I had a fantastic chat with Rachel over Zoom to find out all about the academies, um, which she described to me as magical and special. Um, It started uh, two years ago. Rachel was working with um, Steve Manley, a former Unlimited cover star. He's uh, the MD of Universal Office Products. And he was then the Sheffield Chamber of Commerce president. And for his theme for the year, he'd chosen uh, Youth Enterprise uh, for his year in office. Uh, he was a former young entrepreneur himself, um, someone who had benefited from Youth Enterprise. So he really knew the importance of encouraging that flame of entrepreneurship uh, in young people and students. Um, he was keen to get the chamber and its members involved with the college. And Rachel also tells me a bit about her background as a young person working overseas in the hospitality industry and how that shaped her and created a, a motivation in her to give something back. She also talks about some of the other businesses and academies that the college is involved with, um, including Green King and uh, Twinkle, One Disco. In fact, when Rachel started, she planned for three academies. They now have 15. But as she says, when you're working on a project you're passionate about, you can't stop because you can just see how amazing it's going to be. And sure enough, she aimed for 130 students in the Business and Enterprise Academy, um, got to 900 within three months, which is um, a real milestone. And uh, 1,500 have gone on um, through the academy since. She then brings us up to speed um, because the government recently published um, a white paper which recommended other colleges um, across the country work with Chambers of Commerce to develop students' employability skills. Um, So the work of Rachel, Steve, the college and Sheffield Chamber is um, truly helping to put Sheffield on the map and, um, and really leading the way. She estimates that the college is probably about three years ahead of others in the country as a result, which is really, really significant. We also chat about some of the other stakeholders who have been involved in uh, driving the success of the academies. Um, former Unlimited cover stars like uh, Louisa Harrison-Walker of Sheffield Chamber and Benchmark, um, Arnie Singh of City Taxis, as well as Unlimited columnist Helen Williams of Helping Entrepreneurs Win. And in our March magazine, she'll also be sharing with our readers more about her work with the college and the academies as well. Rachel's also really keen to hear from other businesses too. She says that um, the businesses across the region have really driven um, the support and the success of um, the academies. So she wants to hear from others who can offer maybe a day's work experience or deliver a a guest lecture or webinar. Um, She's saying that we're all responsible for the skills gap in our workforce, especially now with the business recovery during COVID. Um, And she adds that now that we're out in front as a city uh, leading the way, we've got to stay there and we've got to do it for the north. Love that. That's a great rallying call. Uh, Yep, sounds like a great story. Looking forward to reading more about what Rachel has to say. Uh, Great to hear lots of shout outs there for, uh, for previous cover stars as well. Jill, thank you. We will see you back here next month. No problem at all. Nice to see you, James. 
Right then, that is episode two of the Unlimited podcast wrapped up for the month of February 2021. And I think right now we all need to hear that inspiring story of a business like Rise at Seven, who two years ago we'd never even heard of, and now they're talking about turnover of six million plus in their um, third full year of trading, which is just fantastic. So brilliant to chat to Carrie and Stephen. Big thank you to them for their time. Now we'll be back again in March with more inspiring stories from across the Sheffield City region. The Unlimited podcast is hosted by Captivate.fm, the easiest way to create and distribute your podcast. And it's presented and produced by me, James Marriott. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you create a podcast for your business, please get in touch, james at unlimitedbusiness.com. You can find those details in the show notes for this episode. If you've got any feedback, ideas, or suggestions for the show, please do drop me a line. And you can catch up, of course, with the current issue of the magazine, if you haven't already, at unlimitedbusiness.com. Take care, and we'll see you next month.